0: Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Uh, my message title tonight is this, Lessons from a Leopard. Lessons from a Leper. So if you are a note taker, feel free to just to jot that down. You can write that right there on your phone. I believe that this message is going to encourage you. It's going to bless you. Um, I've had many opportunities to preach over the years, whether that's in here or in the student ministry area, and I know right now the students are hanging out, they're having a good time, I believe they're having a watermelon eating contest tonight as well, come on somebody, that's awesome, it's the season, they're having a great time back there. Um, but this message is going to be different in the way that I convey it compared to any other messages I've really preached in the past most of the time, and I'm sure we're familiar with it. Um, with the traditional point by point message, point one, point two, write this thing down. Write you know this point down. But tonight it's going to be more of a narrative in the way that it flows. Um, so all I ask is if you feel led, please feel free to write down whatever the Holy Ghost speaks to you. I believe that note takers are history makers. You know, Harvard University did a study, and they said that your brain is only capable, on average, of retaining about five percent of whatever you hear if you don't write it down. So if you write it down, you'll get it in your heart, you can look at it later, and you can remember it more. With that being said, um, why don't you stand to your feet tonight and turn with me to Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. We always like standing in respect of God's word. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. And you may already know by the message title what we're gonna be talking about tonight, but tonight we're gonna be looking at a story in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the Gospel of Luke, and it's a story about these 10 lepers, and we're going to talk about what lepers are. But these 10 lepers approach Jesus, and they stand at Jesus from a distance, and they yell out to Jesus, and they say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus tells them to go show themselves to the priest, and after they show themselves to the priest, they all become healed. But I think you're familiar with the story because only one leper came back fell down at the feet of Jesus and gave him praise. But let's go ahead and get started. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19, reading out of the NIV. It says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a voice, Jesus, master, Jesus, master, Have pity on us. Real quick, I think it's pretty significant that these lepers called Jesus master. Did you know that Jesus is not only our Messiah, but he should also be the master of our lives? I really do wonder when's the last time that you considered Jesus Christ the master of your life. That God wants to lead us. He wants to direct us. He wants to instruct us. He's not only our Messiah, but he is also our master. Amen? And it says that whenever he saw them, he said, this is Jesus talking, he told the lepers, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, say one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him and he was a Samaritan, and Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then the man said to him, this is Jesus actually talking to him, he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I think that's a powerful story, don't you think, church? Lessons from a leper. I think there's some things that we can take away from this passage of scripture and apply to our lives. With that being said, before you take a seat, turn to the person next to you, nudge them, give them a high five and say, are you well? Are you well? And you can go ahead and be seated, thank you for standing in respect of God's word, come on somebody. Well, um, one of my favorite things to do with me and my family is uh, going to the movies, honestly, I don't know. We have any movie goers, anybody love going to the movies? That's one of my favorite pastimes. Love going to the movies, Um, and as I was preparing for this message, um, I couldn't help but think of a story, uh, something that happened to me, my little brother, and my sisters whenever we went to the movies uh, years and years ago. And uh, we had wanted to go see this movie called uh, We Bought a Zoo with Mark Wahlberg. Anybody seen that movie before? You've seen that movie, We Bought a Zoo. And uh, a couple friends had reached out to us and said, "Hey, we're going to go see this movie. You want to join us?" So we said, "Sure, we'll meet you guys there." And Haley was at the ticket booth whenever we arrived at the movies. We bought the tickets. We went into the movie theater. We sat down. And whenever we sat down, we got there a little early because we found out our friends got there a little early. And we looked around the movie theater. We took a seat. We couldn't find our friends anywhere. And whenever I looked at the movie ticket, turns out Haley bought the wrong ticket for the wrong movie. (laughs) Way to go, Haley. Just another day, being a Rivera, having Haley as a sister. She bought the wrong movie ticket. Love Haley. She's super talented, but sometimes she has her moments. I'll tell you that. Okay? Anyways, oh, God, I hope Haley doesn't watch this later. <laughs> um, so we thought, you know, we could go back to the movie ticket booth and we could get, you know, our tickets exchanged. You know, this movie hasn't started. But we thought to ourselves, you know, our friends are actually right across the aisle from us, right across the hallway, not far down. You know, we thought we could just simply walk across the aisle um, get into the theater, sit with our friends and enjoy the movie. Our movie hasn't started, their movie hasn't started. So we go into the movie theater, we find our friends, we take a seat, we think everything's good. We didn't think anything of it. And then a staff member for Cinemark walks into the movie theater with a flashlight. And he, he's going aisle to aisle, and he's coming right at us. And I tell, you know, my siblings, I say, everybody just remain calm, duck down, maybe he won't see us. But apparently, I mean, th- either this guy was a prophet or they have security cameras in the movie theater because he came directly at us and said, what are you guys doing in here? You guys got to go, you can't be skipping, it's a movie. So these four pastor's kids get escorted out of the movies and he said, you guys got to go. And he kicked us out of the movie. I didn't even get to see Mark Wahlberg by the zoo or nothing, but it's all good. I saw it later on uh, DVD. But the reason that I tell that story, because maybe asking Caleb, like, how does this relate? How does this connect uh, with this passage of scripture in Luke chapter 17? Uh, I think it's really significant and really important for us to understand that lepers were kicked out from the rest of the world. They were kicked out from the rest of the world. People considered lepers to be outcasts. And I want to go over the history and and, and the, the significance of why lepers were viewed the way that they were, because for many centuries, people viewed leprosy as a curse, and they actually associated leprosy, people had leprosy with sin. They thought that someone had leprosy due to a sin that they had committed in the past, and leprosy actually lingered for years and years, and it would cause your tissue to degenerate, and it would begin to deform your body, actually change the pigmentation and the color and the hue of your skin, and actually, it, uh, leprosy. and This may sound, you know, I, just bear with me. But it would actually change the texture of your skin as well, and make it feel like sandpaper as well. And not only that, but leprosy was an infectious disease. It was an infectious disease. It was contagious. Other people could get it. So, and, and get this, I'm going somewhere tonight. If if people with leprosy, they 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 were diagnosed with, they were infected with it they actually had to be placed in exclusion centers, and they were separated from family, they were separated from friends, and they were actually separated from society. And if they wanted to venture out, anybody following me tonight? If lepers wanted to venture out into the city, they would actually have to yell out these words saying, unclean, unclean. they have to yell it out saying, hey, I'm unclean. And people would begin to make way for these lepers to come through because they were afraid of being infected by the lepers. And they would have to take extra precautionary measures to make sure that lepers did to make sure nobody else would get infected by leprosy. And this was all they, were all, they were simply following instruction from the book of Leviticus where it told them to do these certain things, do it a certain way. So what I'm trying to say tonight is this. People would avoid lepers and lepers would avoid people. And that's why it says that the lepers stood at a distance from Jesus and said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us, because that was the customary of the time for lepers to keep their distance from people. And I want to talk to somebody tonight or anybody watching online later that has been keeping their distance from God or maybe you've been keeping your distance from church because you're way too dirty. God knows what he's getting whenever he saves you. God knows what he's getting whenever he heals you. Have you ever seen the TV show uh, Dirty Jobs? You ever seen that TV show? I forget what channel it's on, but I watched it a couple times. Uh, Mike Rowe, he's the, he's the TV host, and he works all these random, like, really unpleasant jobs. And, you know, he, whether he's a sewage inspector or he's working with certain animals or he, he's just out there in the mud getting dirty, he's working all these crazy jobs. This is one thing I've learned about God. God is not afraid, and he's not intimidated of dirty jobs, and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty when it comes to us. How many people are thankful that even though we were dirty and messed up and beaten and broken, Jesus came, and he saved us? See, Jesus and God, he knows the potential that you have, and he wants to begin to unlock things in your life, even when you're dirty. Think about this. Jesus gets approached by these ten lepers, untouchable, dirty people, they approached Jesus, and yet he still healed them. And yet God still touched them. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, we had a gentleman that had walked through the doors of this church, and he didn't really just walk through the doors of this church. He limped through the doors of this church. And he actually sat down right here in the front during one of our Wednesday night services. And we could just tell that he was at a hard place in his life. And at the very end of service, me and my dad went to go talk to him back there in the cafe. And he had explained to us what had happened to his ankle. Turns out he got into a messy situation. He got into some trouble. And some guys gathered together and they jumped him. And one had a baseball bat. And they hit his ankle and it shattered his ankle into pieces. He had a broken ankle. And he decided to come to church. But right after service, he told us, that he had it in his mind that he was gonna go and take the lives of one of these men. And he came to church, but me and my dad, we decided, you know what, we're gonna pray for him. Right there in the cafe, he was on the ground because he couldn't stand and he just had to sit down while he was talking to us. And me and my dad decided to pray for him. And right after we got done praying for him, he said, oh my gosh, like I don't feel the pain anymore in my ankle. And the same man that came in here with the intention to take the life of somebody else whenever he left, he was beaten, he was broken, he was dirty, he was at a hard point in his life. He got up, he was jumping up and down, he ran around the aisles, and he was giving Jesus praise. Come on. Because it says in Scripture that the good, you may be asking yourself, why would God do that for him? Because God loves him. God loves each and every single one of us so, so much. He's no respecter of person, and the scripture says that his goodness leads to repentance. And what I'm trying to say tonight is this. If you think that you have to clean yourself up before you go to God or before you go to church, you're wrong. Follow me tonight. If you think that you have to clean yourself up before you go to God or you go to church, you're wrong and you've got it backwards. And that's why so many people won't go to church because they think they're too messed up. They think they've done too much wrong. They think that, you know, God can't appreciate them because of the things that they've experienced in their life. But I came to declare tonight that you don't clean yourself up and then go to God. You go to God because he's the only one that can truly change us and clean us and make us a new creation. See, that's religion saying, I can't get to God because I'm dirty. I can't get to God, but thank God for the grace of God. Even though I couldn't get to God, even on my best days, even on my most perfect days, I couldn't amount, I couldn't measure up to God, but he came to me. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, and Jesus healed these dirty men, the lepers, 10 of them. Jesus once told a parable of the prodigal son, and I think you're familiar with that story in Luke chapter 15, and in this parable, we find this son, we find this young man who approached his father and he asked his father for his inheritance. And his father ended up giving him his inheritance, but what he ended up doing is he left and went to another city and he squandered and he spent all the money. He spent it on prostitutes, he spent it on gambling, he, he, he just lived a sinful life and it says that he spent all the money and he found himself in a pig's pen and he was eating the same food as the pigs, eating the same muck, the same stuff in the mud with the pigs. He was in a low and a dirty moment. He said, he, and it says that he looked at himself and he thought to himself, man, my father's servants have it better than I do. My father's servants have it better than I do. Maybe if I go to my father, maybe if I ask my father for forgiveness, maybe he'll let me be a servant. So it says that this, this son, the prodigal son, Got up, he went to his father in his dirtiness, in his mess, and guess what? It says that when the father saw him, it didn't say that the father turned away or rejected him, but it said that when the father saw him at a distance, that the father ran towards him, and he went to his servants and told his servants, bring the best robe, bring the best clothes, get the fattened calf, we're having a party. Why? Because my son was once dead, but now he is alive. Peter. Peter. Peter, the first time that Jesus met Peter on the boat, and Jesus performed a miracle, and whenever Jesus performed a miracle, Peter saw the sovereignty of Jesus, and he looked at Jesus, and I think you're familiar with the passage of Scripture. Jesus steps into Peter's boat. They're fishing all night. They can't catch anything. I believe that's the story, and he tells them, you know, cast your nets on the other side, and so much fish go into the nets that the nets are about to burst, and Peter looks at Jesus, and he tells Jesus this. Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Peter, one of the most prolific and accomplished disciples in the Bible, looks at Jesus and says, Lord, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. This same Peter, Jesus would look at later on and say, you shall be called Peter, And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. This same Peter in Acts chapter two, when he was in the upper room with 119 other disciples and the Holy Ghost came down and they began to speak in other tongues. He came outside the upper room and he preached a message so powerful that over 3000 people were converted to Christianity and were baptized. This same Peter said, Lord, depart from me for I am a sinful man. What I'm trying to say tonight is this. If God could use a filthy fisherman like Peter, what makes you think that God cannot use you? You're never too broke. You're never too busted. You're never too disgusted. You're never too far gone to be used by God. Don't let other people tell you otherwise that it's too late and that you've made too many mistakes and that you're at a dead end road. I've learned this with God, there's no dead ends, there's only new beginnings. Only new beginnings with God. But the question is this Do you want to be cleaned? Do you want to be made whole? Because God's never going to force Himself on you. God's a gentleman. He's waiting, and he's knocking at our hearts, and he's saying, hey, let me in. I can clean you. I can give you a new heart. I can give you a new mind. Just let me in. And here's what else got me about this story as we move on. Jesus told the lepers to go to the priest, because you got to understand, these ten lepers approach Jesus, and they say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. In other words, heal us, have sympathy for us. Jesus tells the lepers, show yourselves to the priest." and after they show themselves to the priest, then they become healed. And I thought to myself, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would Jesus tell them to go to the priest and then heal them? Like, Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is God incarnate. He's full of grace and truth and power and majesty. Nothing's impossible for God. Jesus could have easily healed them right there on the spot. But you gotta know whenever you're reading scripture, that no two miracles that Jesus performed were the same. No two miracles that Jesus performed were the same. Every single miracle that Jesus demonstrated and performed in Scripture actually uncovered his character in his heart. And did you know, and it's important to note, that the people, the only people at the time that would inspect people and determine whether or not a person is infected with leprosy or not is the priest. So what I'm trying to say is this tonight. The priest had the ability and the authority to verify if someone was healthy or unhealthy and able to be reintegrated and be put back into society. So what Jesus was doing, you guys follow me tonight? So what Jesus was doing whenever he told the lepers to go to the priest, he was giving them another another opportunity to be reconnect with loved ones, to be reestablished in their careers, and resume normal worship. In other words, Jesus Christ was not only trying to heal their contamination, Jesus Christ was also trying to heal their reputation. Not only their contamination, but their reputation. And I came to declare tonight, if God can heal your body, and if God can heal your heart, And if God can heal you of illnesses and diseases that doctors cannot heal you of, what makes you think that God cannot restore or heal relationships in your life that may have went sideways? God can heal you. He can make you clean. He doesn't want to only heal your contamination, but he wants to restore. He wants to heal your reputation. And the reason I say this tonight is this. Maybe... You're trying to re- replace some relationships in your life, but could it be that God doesn't just want to replace the relationships in your life, but He actually wants to restore the relationships that you currently have in your life with certain people? During my um, ninth grade year, whenever I was in high school, um, me and my sister Allison did not get along. It was not good, guys. If I'm being honest and transparent, I was kind of a bully. She was kind of a bully, too, but, you know, it kind of went both ways, but mostly me because I was really immature in a lot of different ways, and we could not have, like, a civil, like, normal conversation. It was just bad. Things could get ugly sometimes where we just yelled at each other, and other people knew about it, and it was not good, but what happened was me and my dad, I won't ever forget this moment, or I won't ever forget this night when things begin to change, me and my dad, um, got invited by his pastor, Bishop Jabel Green. Love Bishop Jabble Green. One of the greatest men of God you will ever meet. We got invited to go hunt at his uh, ranch, at his property. And uh, he, he allowed me and my dad to go there. And we stayed in this upstairs room. And whenever we're in this upstairs room during the, I think, second night or so, we were in there hanging out. We're going to sleep, and we fell asleep. And I remember at 3 a.m., 4 a.m., I heard my name being called out. And it woke me up, and it was my dad. My dad was sound asleep, but he was yelling, my name's Caleb. Caleb, help me. Caleb, Caleb. He was asleep. I woke my dad up, and follow me tonight. Follow me. I woke my dad up, and he got up, and he was just catching his breath, and he was like, oh, my gosh. I just had, the cra- I just had one- a crazy, just tormenting dream, and that was not from God. And you got to know my dad. My dad does not play games with the devil, and he does not play games with the enemy even with dreams or whatever things happen, because my dad preached about it a little bit this past Sunday, but even when you're sleeping, do you know that your spirit man's still awake? And what we decided to do in that moment is we prayed. Oh, man, and we prayed and we worshiped God, and whatever presence or whatever negativity or tormenting spirit was in that room, left the room, but get this, church. Whenever that spirit left, the presence of God and a new Holy Spirit came in, the Holy Spirit came in and filled the room, and I, I won't forget. You ever have those moments where you just know you felt the presence of God so strong, you knew it was only God? I won't forget in that moment, feeling the presence of God so strong, and something was stirring up on the inside of me, and I began just to speak in tongues. I spoke before, but not in this way. I wasn't touched in this way before, and I was praising God. I was worshiping God, and I could not stop. And my dad began to speak over me. He began to pray over me. And what was happening in that moment, God was beginning to restore my heart. He was putting the fruits of the Spirit more embedded in my heart. And would you believe after this moment, I will never forget that moment. That's why someone can't tell me, you know, God is narrow, because I've had some experiences in my life where I cannot deny the power and presence of God in my life. I won't forget that ever. And I felt different after that. The Spirit of God touched me. I went back home. You remember this, Dad? We went back home. And me and Allison, who couldn't hold a conversation, all of a sudden, there was no fights. There was no issues. And me and her got along. Me and her, I was, because here's the thing, I was more respectful than I was before. I was more joyful than I was before. I was more forgiving than I was before, all because I was touched by the Spirit of God, and I let God touch my heart, and he restored me, and he restored the relationship. So some of you parents in here, Maybe your parents, maybe your kids don't need a counseling session. They just need a good old touch from the Holy Ghost to change their heart, and something begins to happen because the Holy Spirit can help you. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Maybe before God wants to restore the relationships in your life, he wants to restore your heart and your life in order to restore those relationships, just like he did for the lepers. And my sister Allison, she said, Caleb, like, what happened to you, man? Like, legit, like, she asked me, Caleb, like, you're like a completely different person. Like, I, I don't know what, I, like, what happened whenever you and, your, whenever you and dad went, went hunting? Like, what happened? I, and I knew what happened. I told her what happened. I'm telling you, I, now I have a great relationship with my sister Allison. I, I'm with her just about every day doing the, the work of God, and I love her so much. She's so incredible. I'll tell you that. Give her a hand, God, please. But I can imagine just like the lepers, just like me, whenever they got reintegrated back into society, that they came in contact with people that that knew them whenever they were infected, knew them whenever they were disease written, and they said, What happened to you? Like, didn't you used to have like sandpaper skin? Weren't you like landing the leper? Just hang carry with me with my lame jokes. Like, what what happened to you? Like Like, you used to live in the exclusion center. You were, we couldn't even stand 10 feet uh, close to you. We could, like, what happened to you? I don't know who this is for tonight or who who this is for, who's watching online. But I do believe that God has done something so significant or he's doing something so significant in your life where you're going to begin to run into people from your past that knew who you were and knew how bad you were, and they're going to begin to say, I don't know what it is, but I see something different on the inside of you. I I can't quite put my hand on it but something's just changed on the inside of you you know I want a little bit of what you got and you're going to be able to respond the same way that the lepers responded by saying oh yes that was me oh yes I went there I said that I did that am I the only one that's been there before that used to be who I was but I thank God that I'm not that person anymore because one day I met someone by the name of Jesus Christ and whenever I met him my life was never the same praise God See, and that's a great opportunity too. If someone ever tells that to you, you need to invite them to church and say, "Do you do you believe in God? Do you want to go to church? Man, I'm telling you what. You need to invite people to the house of God. What I'm trying to say is this. He can not only heal your illness, but he can heal your identity. Not only your illness, but your identity. He can not only heal your contamination, but he can heal your reputation because what's the point of being blessed? What's the point of being healthy? What's the point of being prosperous? What's the point of having all these different things that God's given us if we have nobody else to enjoy it with? And I speak in the name of Jesus. If there's any marriages in this room or online that are struggling, or families that are barely hanging on by a string, God's going to restore everything, make it better than before. Anybody believe this now? You better receive this. Because whatever the enemy has stolen, whenever you catch the enemy, he has to return it sevenfold. Sevenfold. Say sevenfold. Sevenfold. He can restore. He can restore. Amen. Alicia, you can come on up as we get ready to close. And we're just about done because the story doesn't end here with the lepers. These ten lepers then go to the priest and they receive their healing. And would you believe that out of the 10 lepers, only one returned back to Jesus and fell at his feet and gave him praise. So that means the other nine went about their life and the one who returned was a Samaritan. That means he was half Jew and he was half Gentile. I remember this one time, it was, my, uh, it was actually my eighth grade year of middle school. And I played football. I got put on the A-team for football. I was super excited. I played fullback, and I played linebacker. And during practice, I began to have severe chest pains. I won't forget it. It literally felt like someone was stabbing a needle in my heart and in my chest. And it happened during practice. I told my mom and dad, and they took me to the hospital, and they did x-rays. They did testings. Doctors came in. They looked over me. and, And I won't forget what they told me. It scared me so much. They told me. Sir, one of your valves that's pumping to your heart is not functioning correctly. You have an irregular heartbeat. And they diagnosed me with the heart disease. I forget what the name was because it was a complicated name. And they told me, you're gonna have to have heart surgery. You're gonna have to have heart surgery. And I won't forget how it felt in that moment to hear that being in eighth grade, being in football, super excited. I had these bad chest pains. But I thank God that I had some parents that knew how to go to Jesus and pray over me. Pray over me. Day and night, put their hands on my chest, say, it's gonna be good, son. God's got you, God's got you. We walk by faith, we don't walk by sight. And before the heart surgery would have to take place, they had to do one more scan on me with a sonogram. And when they took me into the doctor's office and they put the sonogram on my chest, They looked at my heart and they said, sir, we don't know what happened or what took place, but you have a perfect heart and you won't need surgery at all. Oh man, the doctors couldn't understand it, but I could understand it because there is a God that can heal. There is a God that can touch There is a God that can restore. There is a God that can make things new. There is a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way. There is a God that with with him all things are possible. So the reason I tell that story is this, is because you can never forget what God has done for you, and you got to realize that if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, you wouldn't be in this building today. You wouldn't have a chance for salvation, a chance for redemption, a chance for reconciliation, that if it wasn't for the grace and the goodness of God, we would stand no chance. Thank you, Jesus. Just tell him thank you right now. Tell him thank you right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Amen. I think sometimes, church, I think sometimes we can fall in love more with the gift than we do with the giver. We fall in love more with the gifts than we do with the giver. We fall in love more with the resource than we fall in love with the source. And it says that the nine lepers went away and they lived their life, but one returned and he gave praise to God. So that means nine of them were focused on what they could get from God, but one of them was focused on what he could give to God. Never rob God of his praise. Remember it every day. If God has ever been good to you in your life, stand to your feet. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at infoclcvictoria.org. At you can get connected with us through our social media at CLC Victoria and download our app.